Welcome back to episode 49, Sports Talk for Fans by Fans. Brian here, and I got Alex with me. We're going to be breaking down NFL this week, a little playoff picture breaking open, talk a little bit college f- football bowl games and what to look for this next week and kind of some of the prospects. But the first thing we're going to start with is the UFC fights this week, and what we're going to start doing going forward is we're going to start kind of introducing major sports headlines, not only football, just because football is getting down the playoffs, so... With this one, UFC 269, the big things that came out of this, if you got to see the preview or if you did not. But Sugar Sean O'Malley with the fight, made quick work of his opponent, deserves a top 10-15 fight. So that's something to look forward to in the future. The thing that was kind of disappointing with our championship fights, Amanda Nunez um, lost her fight and was almost too nonchalant about it. Not a good thing. I don't like seeing that. I really hope that we see her come back uh, as the real lioness, as she is called. Um, with that fire, because she was very unusual in the fight, getting jabbed, picked apart, almost looked like she was kind of betting on her opponent. Um, have not seen her fight like this in a long time, so she is booked for a rematch against Pena. If she comes back the way she is, she should absolutely destroy Pena. So we'll see how that goes. Right now, the line's really low. I think it's a minus two fifty on Nunez. So I would it, right when that's open, I would buy as quickly as possible on Nunez because I would just have a hard time believing that she's going to let that sit well with her. Once she watches the fight, because that's just not who she is. She's a skill level above pain, and she should have won. The main headliner on 269 was Oliveira, um, the jiu-jitsu master who is now a striker, getting knockouts in, I think, three of his last five. Um, went blow for blow, uh, got clipped, got knocked down. But the thing with him is, if you don't knock him out completely, he's a dangerous dude. He is one of the best in the world in jiu-jitsu. So, um, you know, he choked out. Uh, Poirier, he, uh, he took it to him. He went for blow for blow with him. And, you know, phenomenal fight to watch. Way to wrap up uh, the pay-per-view headlines for this year for the UFC. But the big thing to look forward to is he will be fighting uh, Gathgy next, who is a knockout artist uh, with a wrestling background. And we'll, we'll see how it goes down. So now let's transition and uh, do a little bowl talk. So let's, uh, let's cover some bowls really quickly before we get into NFL talk. We, uh, bowl season's about to start, Alex. Um, you know, obviously we have the playoffs coming up, which we already mentioned a little bit before, but starting on Friday, December 17th, we have the Bahamas Bowl, Middle Tennessee and Toledo kicking everything off for us. It's kind of crazy. It's actually in the Bahamas, so it's kind of different. I'm not sure when that started, but bowls are getting out of control. Um, a lot of these teams in this first week are a lot of the lesser teams. I think there's, what, maybe two ranked teams playing before – next Monday. Uh, so Alex, my question for you, just because we're going to be talking prospects throughout the off-season part of the NFL, are there any prospects, you know, um, what or what are the top best prospects playing in here that are NFL eligible? Uh, probably not in all the bowl games, but can you just hit on quickly which bowl games uh, they are and who, who those people are we should probably look for? Yeah, um, we are starting out the kind of the bottom of the bowl season. That's a lot, not a lot of big time names. So a lot of the household names are not going to be going probably to the week of Christmas and maybe the, uh, after the new year. That's where you see the big bowls. Um, but a couple of players I think you should keep a uh, look at their top hundred picks when you look at them. Um, that's from the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Didn't know what Radiance Technology was, Brian, but doing my studies, I guess we, there's a bowl there. Um, 
that is UAB versus BYU. Um, one of the players you can look for, Alex Wright. He's an edge rusher. It's one of those kind of long 6'7", 270 um, edge rushers out of UAB. He's somebody you might want to look at. And then Tyler Algieri, I always mispronounce his name, running back for BYU. He's a guy you probably might want to look at. He'd probably be more of a day three pick, but I think he might be a steal coming up. Uh, another bowl is the R.L. Carreras New Orleans Bowl. Uh, it's Louisiana. Um, don't have their coach right now versus Marshall. Um, one of the things, they've had a really good year, so they got some players people are going to be looking at. But one of the guys I want to look at, named Max Mitchell, offensive tackle, 6'6", 297, going to be kind of that third round, fourth round kind of fool. Um, definitely um, when you you know these guys start playing these bowl games, start getting to the senior bowls, their stock's going to start rising really fast. But um, there's definitely going to be some players that kind of low-level players in some of these bowls that are going to rise really fast that we don't know about. But I would definitely keep an eye on those guys I just mentioned. All right, cool. All right, let's move on to the uh, NFL talk. So let's get it with the, get on with the Thursday night game. I think, Alex, before we talk about that, something we just popped up, did uh, Madison just pop up having COVID and may miss the next week? Is that correct? Yes, yes. There was 37 people this week or this morning. He was on that list. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's really interesting because that's going to definitely impact. This is that time of year where all these NFL games are pretty much playoff games, and then all, a lot of us are involved in the fantasy side of playoffs, so a lot of us are going to get screwed. So be ready to adapt, be ready to pick up, watch the wave wire, follow the, all the information because you're going to have a lot of things popping up with people like Madison. Um, you know, he's beside, behind Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook's already playing with a possibly dislocated shoulder. But he found a way to get through this game against Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Um you know, Dalvin Cook ran for 205 yards, uh, two touchdowns, but in typical 2021 Vikings style, they go up 29 points, they uh, 29 nothing, and when 6:15 left in the third, they somehow allow Pittsburgh to get at, back into the game. Now, Alex, did you see the the Chase Claypool debacle celebrating that first down at the end of the game when there's no timeouts under a minute? Yeah, I saw that. Um, it was very definitely cringeworthy. Um, I think the more bigger thing I I thought from it is he really didn't own up to it. You know, it, you know, it's one thing you make a mistake kind of like, Hey man, I, I didn't think about it, make a mistake, but he just kind of did certain things, said certain things, or oh, it was a player knocking the ball out of my hands. That's the real reason we didn't have the time. And even if I didn't dance, we weren't going to get up there in time. I mean, just, you just own the, your mistake, man. Just go about your business. Exactly. And I guess the concerning thing is, I mean, for one, Kim Garnett, anything is possible once in this circumstance. Like you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. You, like you don't, you can't rule your own self, your own team out, but hundred percent right. You don't own up on that. You're going to be treated like a freaking Houston Astros cheater. Like we're going to always remember this, not to mention Alex, is there a bigger concern in Pittsburgh? I mean, it, this is going from AB to Juju Smith Schuster to now Claypool. Like I, I didn't see Claypool. I don't remember Claypool being like this in their name. Did this start happening in Pittsburgh, but has Mike Tomlin lost the locker room in Pittsburgh, Alex, like this is kind of, we don't expect this from Pittsburgh and it seems like it's getting worse and worse. Like, do you think Tom has lost locker room or like, what do you think this issue is? I think the issue is what we kind of saw before the beginning of the year, that this was going to be one of those, we should rebuild years and kind of flush some of the talent down the toilet. Um, but it was one of those, we're kind of stuck with big Ben, big Ben doesn't want to go anywhere. So we're kind of this, let's give it a try a kind of situation things. Um, because we talked about it when we were talking about the draft and the free agency for Pittsburgh, 
Um, they definitely had some holes on this team. Um, I did not see Pittsburgh not being able to stop the run. That was one of the least things I expected. Um, right now, they're playing undisciplined. Um, I don't think they've lost Tomlin's trust, so I won't say they've lost. Uh, he's lost the locker room, but I definitely think there's some people in that locker room. He's good. They're going to have to get rid of this offseason to kind of move on and start over. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to the Sunday night Sunday games. <clears throat> First one, guys: Baltimore twenty-two, Cleveland twenty-four. Baltimore loses the game, loses kind of their hold as the uh, as the top team, essentially dropping down. Um, and matter of fact, Baltimore drops down to the number four seed from being I think they started as the number one seed. Now they dropped out number four, essentially the top division lead, uh, but also at the same time opens the door to Cleveland and Cincinnati to jump back into this now. Um, but the bigger thing, Alex, is Lamar injured his ankle. He's out for the game. Uh, do you have any? Have you heard anything about Lamar Jackson and what may happen this week? Uh, right now, Harbaugh kind of did this. He expects him to play type of thing. Um, but my guess is he probably sprained it. If not, it's probably like a more more severe tear that they're not leaning on. Um, I, I they're in the middle of a playoff run. I don't know whether or not you know they can afford to sit him. But I will say Huntley, he balled out. He played a lot better for a backup than I thought he would. Yeah, and I think the thing that's concerning for Baltimore is their strength of schedule. Um, it's not just them, but it's kind of crazy. You look at Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cincinnati, Cleveland. Of those four teams, they be, they're in the top seven for strength of schedule remaining. So all these teams, you know, they're all the possibility of winning the division still. Baltimore, you know, you can't, it's kind of a crazy, you're not going to wrestle Lamar Jackson. So how good of Lamar Jackson are we going to get? You know, is this offense built for him to stay in the pocket and not be as mobile? Um, Cause I don't think you have, I don't think you can bench him, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, <clears throat> but it was kind of crazy. The game, the Browns do get hunt and Chubb back. Uh, you know, the offense kind of looks like what we expect from them. Uh, and you had a chance, uh, Baltimore had a chance in the game to win it with uh, hitting the, one of the blockers with the ball, Justin Tucker, the MVP of the league, you know, doing the things he does, keeping the Baltimore in these games for whatever weird reason, kicking a bunch, I think kicked three plus field goals. Um, so yeah, the Ravens just came up short. Uh, and like I said, dropped from the first, the four seed. Next moving on Jacksonville, dropping the big zero, the big donut against Tennessee, Tennessee 20, Jacksonville zero. Titans to squeak out the win. But I think the more important news is what didn't happen in the game was outside the game, Alex. I think it's official. Um, Derek Henry should be back for the playoffs or maybe even back for the last game of the season. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, that's what the the aim is. The aim is to maybe try to get him back that last game, maybe get him, you know, acclimated to, you know, to the action, um, get in football shape, maybe that last game. Um, but they're still kind of mirroring the situation. They kind of want to make sure he's right. So when they go in their playoff push, uh, he, he'll be good to go. All right, so moving on, Las Vegas, 9, Kansas City, 48. Uh, since the Raiders beat the Chiefs last year, the Chiefs have won three straight games in the series, 35-31, to 41-14, and now 48-9, to their route. Chiefs won six straight games. I think the more crazy thing, Alex, is the defense has showed up to play. Uh, in their last five games, I don't know if you noticed, Alex, their defense have only given up 48 points. So the same amount of points they put up against Las Vegas is how much the Chiefs defense has given up in their last five games. So – um, it's kind of, kind of a tough game for the, for the Raiders. It kind of pushes them outside the playoff picture. It's going to make it really tough for them, but something crazy I saw, Alex, I don't know if, um, how much you've been following the chiefs defense, their quarterback Felton 
he's actually graded on PFF as the top cornerback in football. Have you watched him play at all this year? Yeah, I have. Um, he's he's been a top cornerback pretty much much most of the year in the top five. Um, I think they kind of had some bumpy roles at the beginning of the year, but when that defense started really taking off a little bit before that, he's he's been a solid cornerback for them this year. Um, kind of a surprise. Him in in, in um, their whole cornerback core has been solid this year, in my opinion, especially in this run shortly. I do want to say the other crazy thing is the Chiefs are graded as having two of the top five corners in football. Mike Hughes is also a top five corner. And another one I think it's kind of interesting to look at, just I know we're not, we're kind of talking out of order now, but uh, AJ Terrell is actually listed as one of the top corners in football. So he's actually kind of panned out for the Falcons um, in a good way. But all right, let's get back to these teams. But I just want to point out Felton. It's kind of a one of those unknown players not getting any recognition, but playing uh, pretty well and a big part of the Chiefs turnaround on defense. Next, we have New Orleans 30, the Jets 9. The Saints break their five-game losing streak with a solid winner of the Jets. Alex, your, your thoughts on Taysom Hill. Is is he ever going to sell you on being a starting quarterback, or should he just stay as a gadget player and with James Winston starting quarterback next year? like what? How do you view that situation? Um, if they bring James back, I think James is the number one starter. I I I think it's strictly on ego right now. I think Sean Payne is strictly on ego. Uh, he actually, you know, you being not a fan, say he thought he saw Steve Young from that, from him. I don't see it. I, I I don't see him as the arm talent right now. Um, to me, I think his best job is, hey, just be the running back slash wide receiver and just do that. I mean, he can do that. But, I mean, right now um, he, it looks like he's shocked putting the ball down the field. It's just so – it's just so – cringeworthy yeah all right let's move on to your dallas cowboys 27 washington 20 uh before i ask you about their kind of the thoughts about your cowboys i i want to kind of point out I, this game kind of makes me question the cowboys playoff ability that you know they look dominant up 27 to 8 with five minutes left and then allow washington to just pretty much almost come back and win this game are there any valid concerns for you when it comes to Dallas competing against the other top teams in the NFC, or do you think this is just kind of a blip and it was kind of a whatever, we were up big, it didn't really matter? There's some so, so, um, concerns from the simple fact they can't consistently run the football, they can't consistently protect their quarterback. That's my two my two kind of things going away from that. Um, I think Zeke had a kind of okay day, but once again, they didn't give Seep the ball a lot. And we went back to his injury thing, so that kind of kind of plays a little bit to it. Um, the play calling has been up and down. Prescott has not played well in the last four to five weeks, mainly because he hasn't felt comfortable. I mean, that interception at the end. I mean, I'm his biggest defender. That was just gross. That was just a bad, bad boneheaded Kirk Cousin like throw interception. It's like, wow, where did that come from? So. Uh, he deserves the blame today on uh, how he played. Um, the positive thing I got from it is that's the first time I think our defense has been healthy all year, and that defensive line looked amazing. I think this team is flipping from being an offensive juggernaut and hoping the defense stop anybody to kind of like a defensive first type football team. I just don't know how long they can hold up just doing that. Their offense has to give them something more. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And Dallas went so heavy on defense in this draft, and you don't really see a payout. But I, 
you know, we'll talk about this later in the offseason part, but the initial thought to me is the Dallas Cowboys may have had the best draft in football. Um, you know, a quick thing is maybe against the Chargers, but I think Dallas from top to bottom has, has maybe had the best draft. Um, with the Cowboys in the running game, Alex, I know we talked last week. I, I've been bugging you for a couple of weeks now, but Ezekiel Elliott and he needs to take a break. But Pollard's out now, right? How long is Pollard out for? It's one of those week-to-week things. and one, I think it's one of those things where he's going to have to play through it or he's going to have to get rest. They wrestled him this week. Um, Mike McCarthy came out on his interview this week and said that um, he feels good that he's probably going to end up playing this week. Um, I think they went out tested his ankle or his foot earlier this week and you know, in, before the game, and he just couldn't do it. But they feel pretty confident that he's going to play this week. But I think it's going to be one of those week-to-week things I think also is there a chance that they may feel like they might, you know, clinch their playoff book berth this weekend. They might even decide to kind of rest him more or even Zeke more. Um, They may be in the back of their minds think they're going to get the number one seed, but I think it's out of their reach. I think right now they need to worry about winning the division and then getting healthy and see what they can do going on a playoff push. All right. So I'm going to give you a quick, uh, you give me yes or no. Michael Parsons will be the defensive player of the oh the rookie defensive player of the year. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's locked it up. And then will he finish in the top three in voting for defensive player of the year? I'm gonna no. say I'm gonna say no. Um, yeah, he probably should. And knowing, you know, the Dallas, the Dallas pull is, is really big because people see Dallas more than any other team. I could see people voting him before Garrett because they don't see Cleveland games. You know, the writers say they watch football, but they don't. So I could see, like, because Parson gets these these primetime games for being a Dallas and being kind of the what he is, I could see them, you know, stealing votes from, like, Garrett or T.J. Watt. I just think those two guys are kind of the front runners. And then you also have Aaron Donald. He's kind of been silent this year. I don't think he's had an Aaron Donald year, but you're going to have people just vote for Aaron Donald just because it's Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. he, I don't think he's going to finish top three. It's kind of crazy because he's getting great. He's getting great as a linebacker because of his versatility, even though he's mainly an edge rusher. Um, and his linebacker grade is like an 83, 84, which is the best of the linebackers in all of football. He's the best graded linebacker. However, if you match him against the defensive ends, he's more like a number 10. He's actually right below Randy Gregory at a number 11, I think. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how people view him because if, you know, as a pure, he's, you know, he's been, he's comparable to the Bosa's Watt, Garrett Crosby to all of them. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how they view him and where they grade him at, but definitely a huge part of the turnaround. Him and Dan Quinn are the huge part of that turnaround in Dallas. It's, it's you know, it's good to see finally. All right, let's move on to Atlanta at Carolina. Falcons are getting healthy, Alex. This is weird. You know, I, you, you know, I was high on Atlanta in the offseason, even though they shouldn't be that relevant. I was kind of high on them as the, I guess, the base. In it. They're the best of the worst is kind of how I viewed Atlanta. But they've won five road games now, which is really weird. Uh, they're on pace for the last playoff spot um, with Washington, Minnesota, and Philadelphia, and the Saints, all five of those are tied with Washington have the slight edge breaker over all the teams right now. But – Atlanta plays the Niners this next week. So that could be a statement win for them. Um, and they would take, you know, that tiebreaker from the Niners. But they beat Carolina 29-21, Air Carolina. Um, the question I have, Alex, is you have Matt Rule, who's a younger NFL coach. 
you have Cam Newton. He's been in the league for a long time with Carolina. Um, but after, you know, they scored a touchdown early and then he threw a, a bad interception okay, on par with Dak. Almost, I would say it's almost on par with Dak. The linebacker had to run in front of it. But why would you, what, I mean, because I think it's weird. Do you think it's valid that they benched him temporarily, like as like a learning point? I mean, he's a veteran quarterback. What's the point of benching Cam Newton and then putting him back in like a series later? Like, do you, what do you think about that? I think they did it because they think they thought they were going to get a spark, and then they figure out, wow, the guy behind them is is maybe worse. So then they decided to put Cam Newton back in the game. Um, it's so surprising by Carolina. It's so it was all good like two months ago, like beginning of the year they were had a number one defense. We were talking about Darnold was maybe having a resurgence. Um, they had weapons. It, it, their coaching staff and the front office looked like they were geniuses. And then injuries started happening. McCaff went out. Um, and then Donald regressed. And then their top one defense just, just imploded. And it's just, it's this team doesn't even look like the same team in the beginning year. It, it's so sad. But that's why they talk about there's multiple seasons in, in, in NFL seasons. There's probably about five seasons in one regular season. So they're about three seasons ago, they were a good team. Now they're, they may be one of the worst teams in football right now. I really question myself the the ownership and the coaches. I mean, the GM went all in after they were what three zero, and I mean, as an outsider, they played terrible teams at the start of the year. Those are games that they should win. So to me, it was kind of weird that they went all in. You know, trading for Gilmore, giving up picks, trading for what CJ Henderson. Um, yeah, that's great and all, but the weirder thing to me is Matt Rule brought in you know Brady from the LSU, uh, Joe Brady LSU offensive coordinator, but. I'm not sure if you saw this, Alex, but they don't even have a flexible agreement on how they should run the offense. Matt Rule wants to be a dominant running team, and Brady came up under Sean Payton as a passing, you know, a passing guru. So I, I kind of really question. And there's so much quarterback influx going back and forth. They don't even have the offensive coordinator on the same page with a coach. Do you think Matt Rule is on a very short leash going into next year? I think next year is their make a break year. Um, they already mortgage part of the future for Gilmore and for Darnold. Um, they got to find some way somehow to kind of, you know, do something to kind of uh, keep their jobs, in my opinion. Um, they better pray to Sean Watson changes his mind about going to Carolina. That's the only way I can see them maybe, maybe turn this around or they get lucky and just strike gold with like a, a young quarterback and they get a, a Matt Jones type of a year or something like that, but uh, they're on the hot seat after this year. All right, next we got Seattle 33, Houston 13. Seattle wins as they should, uh, giving their fan base that false sense of hope for the playoffs at five and eight. They're technically one game out, but let's be honest, that's not an easy picture for them. I mean, you know, it's possible they could pull that off, but, um, but the Seahawks, well, actually with the Texans first, the Texans announced the whole the Davis Mills window, right, Alex? Like they, I think they said that he's going to play this out, and depending on how well he does, he's going to determine their offseason. Do you truly believe that Mills could play so well that he could control his own fate in Houston next year? His his fate is controlled to Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's basically it. Um, if they get a, a haul for Deshaun Watson. Um, they got a chance they can go up or they can get multiple picks and possibly get looking at another quarterback. 
Uh, I, I, I see. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a look at that. Um, I questioned the Davis Mills draft when it happened. You you remember me, Brian? I kind of was like, why why you take Davis Mills? Um, yep. He's played better than I thought he was, but to me, I thought he would be kind of like a borderline starter, borderline backup type of guy. Um, and he's proven it. You know, he's done really well against bad defenses at times, and he's done um, he, and vice versa. So um, I don't think it's the future. Um, but the Texas are so bad. I mean, they need everything. All right, let's uh, talk fantasy. We're not going to talk much fantasy this week. Like we said, we're more going to focus on playoff picture and, and other stuff like that. The one fantasy thing I do want to talk about really quick is with Seattle. Um, Penny come taking over the running back position, it looks like. 137 rushing yards, two touchdowns. He had 10 carries last week. He had 16 this week. He's only owned 5% of leagues. Yes, it was against the Texans, but with all the COVID stuff we're talking about, you know, it's something worth looking at to see if it's worth picking out Penny as a kind of a, a late, a late running back pickup. So, kind of something to look into there. Next, we got Detroit ten, Denver thirty-eight. Got to appreciate Denver's uh, gesture at the start of the game, only lining up ten players in memory of Demarius Thomas. But either way, Denver beats the shorthanded Lions. The Lions had a bunch of people. Uh, that were not available to play. They had to go on their practice squad. I think pulled like seven or nine people off the practice squad. Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Williams, the new young and upcoming running back combined for 184 yards, rushing three touchdowns. Alex, maybe I was wrong about Amon St. Brown. Last week I said he's too inconsistent, but he just had his second week in a row with uh, double digit targets. Do you think he's a viable pickup going forward? I wouldn't rely on him. I'm like you with the Lions wide receivers. Um, I'm seeing maybe when the Lions are behind a lot, maybe they kind of throw a lot of underneath to St. Brown. Um, but with the situation, I don't think I don't know if he's a, a true number one where he's gonna, you know, be the, like the focal part of their offense. So uh, I'm still a little hesitant on that. And it also I don't trust golf. I mean that's that's the 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 bottom line. You don't know what golf you're going to get one day. He's going to throw the tight ends and running backs, or he's going to throw to somebody else's wide receivers, or he's going to throw the other team. You just don't, just can't trust them. Exactly. Move us uh, next. Move on to the Giants, twenty-one at the Chargers, thirty-seven. The game was in the bag a long time ago. I think it was thirty-seven to six or something like that at one point. Um, the Chargers dominate the Giants in a game that they should dominate and they should win. The big injury takeaway is Eckler tweak his ankle. Did you see any news on Eckler and his ankle, and if he may play next week? I did not see that. Um, I know they were going to be monitoring it going forward, but there's no decisions been made. Yeah, it looks like it's still up in the air with him. Uh, they're going to hope that he goes. Kind of the same as Lamar Jackson. They're going to hope that he goes, and they're planning on it, but we'll see how it goes. Next, uh, Buffalo 27, Tampa Bay 33. Alex, did you watch this game? Yes, I did. Um, I watched you- it, turned it off, and then realized, holy crap, um, Buffalo is making a comeback. Yep, and I, that was the appropriate reaction. Um, I think the last two of the 4 o'clock games, Buffalo, Tampa, and Niners at Cincinnati, both went into overtime with the teams trailing, making a crazy comeback. So Tampa Bay clawed their way back just to fall short. Um, the Bills only won three of their last eight games. Tom Brady with a walk-off touchdown to Brashard Perryman makes another appearance in the NFL with his 50-something-yard touchdown, walk-off touchdown, which was – Tom Brady's 700th touchdown pass of his career. Um, so the Bills fall short. I think the big news is Josh Allen with a walking boot. Um, 
leaving the game. So we'll see. Uh, I think he's supposed to get an MRI on Monday, and then we'll see going forward what uh, is happening with him. <laughs> but I think either way, Alex, um, regardless of what the situation is, the Bills are in a bad situation on the playoff picture. They're, unless he's got something that needs immediate surgery, Josh Allen's playing, right? Um, that or is going to be the in- MVP. Oh, I forgot. That's his his audition. Uh, all right. So then the other overtime game was San Francisco 26, Cincinnati 23. San Francisco was up 20 to 6 with a little bit of time left. Cincinnati um, just let Burrow play. They tied the game. Niners missed a field goal at the end of the game. Cincinnati makes a field goal at the end of the game in overtime. And the Niners with a uh, kind of an impressive drive by Jimmy Garoppolo um, to win the game. But I think the bigger thing is Shanahan finally has a game where he has his passing weapons back. He's got Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. Kittle had a crazy game. Ayuk had 11 targets. Debo was involved in the running game. Uh, and once Elijah Mitchell comes back, the Niners, you know, that's one of those kind of a dark horse teams. I know I'm a Niners fan, but it's a dark horse team where their defense is good enough to compete. And Shanahan, when he's clicking, he can, he can compete with anyone in the NFL. I mean, he got to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, for God's sake. Uh, next, Alex, how bad do you feel for the Bears? Um, yeah, they're uh, yeah, I feel pretty bad for them. I mean, they, especially when they have to go against that bad man Aaron Rodgers, who owns them. And uh, the Bears were winning at halftime, but this is a game of two halves, and the Packers, you know, stay close, uh, and they outscored the Bears twenty-four-three in the second half. I guess the interesting thing is Aaron Jones, yes, he was hurt recently, but in the last four games, A.G. Dillon has actually outsnapped Aaron Jones. And in this last game, A.G. Dillon had 15 carries and Aaron Jones only had five. Is that a concern for you going to the playoffs with if you have Aaron Jones on the fantasy picture, Alex? Oh, yeah, that's I'm concerned because remember, Aaron Jones can't, is just coming off an injury. So are they barely giving him the ball because he kind of still is, has lingering injuries and they're trying not to put too much on him for the playoffs? Are they trying to do the football thing of saving him for their playoffs and screwing you, who owns Aaron Jones, for your playoffs? That's a huge concern to me. Yep. All right. All right, let's move on. We're now going to talk uh, the playoff picture for the AFC and NFC side. All right, so let's start on the NFC side first. What we're going to do is we're going to just going to skip. This time we're going to skip the division leads, and we're going to kind of just go through only the walk-hard picture just because the walk-hard picture on both sides is so crazy right now. Not to mention, Alex, to me, Alex – doesn't it feel like the playoffs have almost started already? Because there's so many games where there's playoff implications already that like it almost feels like this extra walk card spot has created so much chaos. What what do you think about that? Oh uh, yeah, it is mainly because of the scheduling. Um, obviously, we already know in the first la- last weeks you can have more divisional games, but I think that there are a ton of divisional games in the last five weeks. I think some of these teams I've seen they play four or five divisional games in the last five weeks. So that's absolutely direct competition right there of how these divisions are going and also these teams that are vying for wild card spots. So these games are going to start meaning some. We're going to have elimination games coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, we only have, I think, five weeks of football left, four weeks of football left, and we only have, I think, there's only four teams eliminated. The Lions are eliminated, Jaguars, Texans, and Jets. So soon we'll start talking, start talking draft talk really soon offseason talk, but there's only four teams eliminated out of all the teams in the league. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> so we're going to start on the NFC side. The NFC side first, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off the teams in order and what Alex, what I want you to do if you can. I want you to give me your confidence on where you think the teams are 
from having your confidence from least to best from securing and finishing in the wildcard spots. All right. So what we currently have in the five seed, which is the start of the wildcards, is we have the Rams who's playing as the Cardinals right now. Right after that is the Niners with a game back. And then after that, we have Washington, Minnesota, Philly, Atlanta, and New Orleans, all six and seven. And that order I named them off, that's who the tiebreak order lead goes to. So currently Washington is actually sitting in the final spot just because of the tiebreakers that they have over all the other teams. After them, we have the Panthers and Seahawks with five and eight record. Um, and we're going to, even the Giants and the Bears aren't eliminated, we're not going to include them because it's really going to be tough for them to have any chance of being any consideration. So Alex, from the Rams down to the Seahawks, from least confident to most confident, what is your order? And and if you have any reasons why, let's talk that out. All right. We're going to talk about basically the teams that right here at the bottom have, to me, have no shot. Carolina, they're my number. If I rank these, these eight teams, one to eight, Carolina's eight. Um, it's not even about the fact that uh, they, they're playing in one of the tougher divisions in the NFC. It's on the simple fact that this team right now is imploding. Um, they got nothing to hang their head on. Um, their best player, McCaffrey, basically out for the year. Um, their defense that was supposed to be the hat on this team, the young defense has not been playing consistent football, and I don't think they know what the heck they're doing at quarterback, and they really don't know what they're doing uh, as far as offensively right now. So they're my number eight. And also just to point out, the Panthers have the toughest remaining strength of the schedule, including playing the Bucks twice out of their four remaining games. All right, what's your next one? Number seven, this is Seattle. Um, sorry, Seahawks fans, but you're you're down there too. Um, they right now, um, their defense, I mean, they let Davis Mills eat them alive. I don't trust their defense right now. They're inconsistent running the football. Yeah, Penny had one really good game, but – and then you also have a fight between Pete Carroll, who wants to pound the hell out of the football, and Russell Wilson, who wants to throw the football. Uh, I think there's too little, too late for them. Um, they're they're too deep to come back in, especially in the division. So I got them seven. And I think they have to win out. Essentially, winning out would put them at you know nine and eight. And to win out, they still have games against Arizona and Los Angeles. So uh, yeah, that would be kind of tough. What's your next one? Number six, I got New Orleans. Uh, why New Orleans? Um, their quarterback situation right now. Um, it's so sad because they do have an elite defense, um, but the thing about it is they're basically a Camara bust right now. Um, Taysom Hill, I think he's he's he is what he is. He's basically a quarterback that is basically a running back and quarterback, um, but if they get down at all, Taysom Hill just can't throw them back in any games. Um, so right now I got them um, down at six right now. Yeah, New Orleans only has really one tough game left, the Bucs. And uh, one of the teams that they're fighting for, the Falcons, they have them left on the schedule too. What's next? Number five, I got Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings we thought so very highly of. Yep. Um, I, right now, I just don't trust them. I, I just don't trust them. I don't know. Uh, this is a good culture staff in my opinion. Um, you can say whatever you say about Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is, is still a starting serviceable, de decent quarterback. Um, Thielen's been hurt kind of in and out. Um, they're pushing Dalvin Cook to keep playing. He's still he's he's still hurt, but he's playing. Um, their defense is as elite as I thought they should be. They're susceptible in the back end. 
Um, and then also, you know, the division they're in, um, you would think they have a lot of more easier games than they kind of do. But when you lose to Detroit, anything is possible. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Minnesota threw a couple of games away. Like Minnesota should really be where the Niners are right now. The Niners should be the seventh seed. Minnesota should be the sixth seed. But you're right. This is a position they've created. But I do want to say, Alex, it is kind of crazy because you have them. You, you It sounds like you're trusting Philadelphia and Atlanta more than Minnesota. So would you have one of those two teams next or who do you have next? I got Atlanta next. Um, I think um, they kind of really didn't know offensively what they were with Arthur Smith, their new head coach. I think they kind of want to get back to really the Mike, you know, the Kyle Shanahan office they used to win the Super Bowl. So they're kind of trying to see if they get back to that. They kind of been in and out. Um, this past game, I think they kind of found what they want to do on offense. Um, try to figure out what do you do with Cordell Patterson. I think they're starting to use him and Mike Davis together. Uh, starting to work out. And then their defense is coming around. You already talked about A.J. Terrell uh, kind of coming in and starting in as one of the better cornerbacks in the league, being a young quarterback. He was struggling last year. So their defense is starting to come around. And everyone wants to crap on Matty Ice. Yeah, I know sometimes he make a throw that makes you cringe a little bit. But he still could be a top-10 quarterback when he's able to be protected. So I got Atlanta number four. And I think the thing with Atlanta is they have the fifth easiest schedule remaining. Hayden Hurst just came back from injury. Patterson's a little more healthy. Gage is healthy and involved, um, which and all this frees up Kyle Pitts, honestly. So, you know, there's a lot of things happening with Atlanta. Like their receiving core is getting healthy at the right time. Calvin Ridley couldn't come back at any time. We don't know. It's not really – we have no clue what's going on with that. But, you know, with that schedule remaining, they're a team that, you know, they're not going to make noise in the playoffs, but it's one of those teams that could really surprise you and they could – somehow get the seven seed all right so what do you have uh next got philly 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 reason i have them this high is because they're one of the very few teams right at this point that literally control their own destiny philly gets to play washington twice um they get the giants i know they lost the giants before they still get the giants and they get the cowboys who last game of season probably is going to be out of this you know locked up and they can't do anything. So there's a good chance Philly could win out if they play their cards right. Uh, they lose out or they lose certain games, they eliminate themselves. But I think Philly is one of the very few teams in the NFC wildcard that actually control their destiny. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because Washington and Philly could really screw each other over from securing that seven seed depending on how everything plays out. They could really beat each other up so bad that none of them make the seven seed and so a team like Minnesota or Atlanta sneaks into that seven seed. So I'm guessing you have Washington next after Philly. Is that correct? Yep. Washington's next reason I put them over them because I trust them. They're consistent a little bit more than I control. Uh, I trust Philly, but Washington, the same situation. Um, they control their destiny. Uh, they lost a really big game at home. It's going to make it hard for them. They have to go to Dallas in a couple of weeks and win that game. Uh, but they got at Philly this uh, week. They win that game, play Dallas, then they can play Philly again in New York. So they control their destiny. Um, I don't know about Tanner Heineke and his health. That's something that's going to be we need to monitor. Um, I don't know if Kyle Allen is a better option right now. But when you look at the fact that Washington put them itself in the situation um, with the easier schedule down the, down the uh, stretch that they can control their destiny, um, I put Washington too. Yep, and uh, the other crazy thing is Washington is at Philly this week, so that will be a big determining factor on who kind of probably runs into that seventh seed uh, after this next week. All right, Alex, so we got two teams left, San Fran and L.A. Uh, 
I'm assuming I know your order, but what, what do you have? Uh, uh, I got um the 49ers, obviously. Um, bang, bang, Niner game. Um, I, I think they do have a little bit of a tougher schedule compared to some of the other guys on this list. But the thing about it is I just trust their coaching staff um, that they'll be able to steal one or two of the games. They probably shouldn't be in the business of stealing. I thought they stole the Cincinnati game. I thought they outplayed Cincinnati, outcoached Cincinnati. I think they can steal some games. They they definitely desperately need. And um, right now at seven to six, um, I like their chances. So hear me out. San Francisco's remaining schedule. Tennessee, don't scare me. Texans, give me a break. Falcons, you know, that could be a game. And then we end the season on Sean McVay. And sad to say, we own Sean McVay as of recently, almost like Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Rams remaining schedule, you know, depending on if they beat the Cardinals or not on this Monday night game. Because if they lose to the Cardinals, the Niners are only a game back with a tiebreaker in hand. But they have the Vikings and the Ravens um, and on the schedule still. So, you know, it, it could be very interesting with that five seed. There's a chance the Niners could make some noise to the, get up to the five seed. All right. Let's talk the AFC side really quickly, Alex. And let me know what you think about my picks. Um, starting from least confident to most confident. I have my bottom tier uh, kind of broken up. And actually here, let me, let me read these off really quickly. So currently the um, five seed is the chargers at eight and five. Then we have four, uh, actually, I think five teams at seven to six, the Colts. And this is the order of the Colts, the Bills, who are the six and seven seed, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Broncos. And then behind them, we have the Steelers at six, six, and one. That tie may be good or bad. After that, we have the Raiders and the Dolphins at six and seven. So I have the Raiders and Dolphins listed as six and seven, but I had them tiered out. My bottom tier of least confident, one of my six, seven, ten teams are not in that bottom tier. So in my bottom tier, I have the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Steelers. I currently have the Broncos as the team that I have least confidence in. Um, I, I just don't see Denver doing this. They have the sixth hardest schedule remaining. Uh, they play the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Raiders. So they play three teams that I believe will beat them. I, so I, I have a hard time believing the Broncos can overcome all that. Next, I have the Raiders. So I have the Raiders, I have them slightly ahead of the Broncos and Alex. I'm just strictly say this. I believe in Derek Carr, and that's it. I, I believe he gives them that better chance in Denver, and that's strictly it. My last in my bottom tier is the Steelers. The only reason why the Steelers are the best of all these teams is I think Tomlin is such a good coach. He can maybe pull this off, but it's going to be really tough. So, Alex, what I mean, what do you, you, you agree, disagree, Broncos, Raiders, Steelers at the bottom side? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I looked at Pittsburgh's schedule. There's a chance Pittsburgh can lose out. I mean, their schedule is just that tough. And you kind of look at the same with Denver and Vegas to kind of like you're trying to figure out where the wins, the easy wins are. And to me, Vegas and Denver both could lose out, but they gave them to play each other. So there's a chance one of them goes one and three, the other one goes 0 and four. And when Alex is saying Pittsburgh's strength of schedule, they play the Chiefs, the Titans, the Ravens, and the Browns. That's literally the four hardest teams on the AFC side you can play. But if Tomlin can rally them up, he can somehow split or get three wins out of that. You know, that makes him a very dangerous team going into the playoffs. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. But here's my crazy pick, Alex. I have the Dolphins ahead of all of them as the team that could potentially, I think the Dolphins really could somehow jump in and steal the seventh seed. Miami's remaining schedule, 
they've and remember they started one and seven and now they're six seven so they won five straight um they have the jets that's a win they have new orleans i think they could beat them in a close game they have the titans who don't scare me either you know i think the Titans grind wins out like the dolphins do if they win those three games alex that puts them i think at nine and seven with the last game of the season against the patriots do you think the Dolphins can – I think Dolphins can win the next three games and, and have that game against the Patriots and the year to determine if they make the playoffs or not. What do you think about that? Yeah, I had them at two and two, best three and one. The question I'm going to have in that Tennessee game is, is that the game Derrick Henry comes back? Do they dodge having to play Derrick Henry on that game? If they do, uh, they could definitely win the next three games. It's definitely uh, feasible and doable. And you know what? New England playing at Miami is not the easiest thing. I think Miami has won the last two or three chances New England's played at Miami. So I wouldn't necessarily, you know, scratch that game out. Miami has a thing of beating New England in their own stadium. Definitely. All right, so my five remaining teams I have are the teams that I think are legitimate chances to win to get to fight for the last three spots. So the last five teams – Bills, Chargers, Colts, Cleveland, Cincinnati. So I hate to do this, but Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati has the most tremendous potential of all these wildcard teams. I really think they could be better than the Bills, Chargers, Colts. I know that sounds crazy, but Cincinnati, they got to fix their offensive line. I think the Niners had something like 26 pressures against them. And me and Alex, we've consistently said the offensive line needs to be fixed. They went Jamar Chase. Yes, the Jamar Chase thing has worked out, but please, God, get some offensive line help this offseason. Cincinnati is the fifth hard, hardest schedule remaining. Chiefs, Ravens, Browns, Broncos. So, you know, they can win that Broncos game. And then after that, they got to somehow hope they win two to three of the other ones if they want to make the playoffs. So that's the reason why I have Cincinnati is my least confident of those five teams fighting is just because of the offensive line because those teams all have good defenses. The offensive line issue Cincinnati has, um, and I think they're just a little, little ways. The team that's going to be hurt the most is a team that me and Alex have told everyone that I, we think the media is overhyped. I don't think Cleveland has the firepower to overcome the Packers, the Bengals, the Steelers, and also the Raiders. You know, that's an easier schedule in Cincinnati's. I just don't think Cleveland has enough to do that. Um, so I think Cleveland barely misses the playoff. So my seven seed, Colts. I think Jonathan Taylor is a monster. The Colts have the Jaguars and the Raiders on the schedule still. Um, they do have the Cardinals and the and the. Pat, so I think they could split um, and somehow get a playoff spot. I mean, as of right now, the Colts are the sixth seed. So if they split, you know, that's that's nine and eight. Um, if they win three or four, that puts them that chance to potentially take over the division from Titans, depending on how the Titans finish out. The Titans have a pretty easy schedule, so it's going to be kind of tough. Um, then I have the Chargers as the sixth seed. The Chargers currently are the five seed. So I think the Chargers slipped down one. Um, and the only reason why I have the Bills is the fifth seed. Alex, their strength is schedule. The Bills have had a couple of tough games. They just played uh, Tom Brady's pass between the Bucks and the Patriots and two tough losses there. Um, but their strength of schedule for the Bills is pretty nice. Um, they play the Pats as one tough game. But Alex, after that, they have the Jets, Panthers, and Falcons. So I know everyone's kind of crappy on the Buffalo Bills right now, but to me, the Bills could win out on those games. What, what do you do you think the Bills can win out, or do you think that's another struggle against New England again? Uh, I had them at 3-1. Um, the way the NFL works, even if they beat New England, they'd be weird enough to lose to Atlanta or the Jets. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. 
you kind of it's kind of one of those. Well, you plan on three and one, maybe you get luck with New England, but then you fall and you trip up against an Atlanta or something like that. But that's kind of how what I see. But I'm I'm not buying the Bills are done type of narrative going right now. Not at all. I think so. I think pretty much what I'm for me, what my picks are the Chargers, the Colts, and the Bills, who are the three wildcard teams right now. I have them, but just all flipped in a different order. So I think that's who's going to finish. Um, you know, watch out for the Dolphins. I really think Dolphins can make a crazy run. So, all right, uh, Alex, for these games coming up this weekend, um, I know I, on the NFC side, we talked about the Washington. Uh, football team, the Eagles, but um, just kind of games to look forward to. The Thursday night game this week, guys, Chiefs at the Chargers, that's going to be a crazy game. Uh, then we have two Saturday ga- Saturday games, one of them being the Patriots at the Colts, so more playoff implications. These are you know, these are playoff games already, so it's, it's going to be definitely a crazy feel. We have the Titans at the Steelers. So the Steelers, this is a must-win game for the Steelers and pretty much the last tough game the Titans have. So, you know, that, that game right there determines if Steelers are going to make the playoffs or not. Um, Yes, they're not going to be eliminated mathematically, but the Steelers' schedule is just so insanely tough. There's no chance. Um, on top of that, the Broncos and the Bengals, both 7-6 teams. Um, once again, who one's going to eliminate pretty much the other one. Alex, what do you think about this uh, Packers-Ravens game? Um, I was waiting on it this year, but it's one of those things of if Lamar is not healthy, uh, it's, it's definitely going to look a lot different than it, it would normally look. And then the Ravens have lost basically both their starting corners back for the year. Um, this is one of those games you circle at the beginning of the year. I hope both teams are good, and both teams are good, but the Ravens injury situation kind of kind of hurts the like the the, the 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 taint of it or something like that, you know. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it's still it's still a marquee game in my opinion. Yep. All right. Uh, so that's all we got. So thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate the listens. Uh, please share, follow, leave reviews. We appreciate all the support. And we will catch you guys next week on episode number 50.